Welcome to Last Games Night on Earth, the podcast where we discuss if you were given just one last games night, what would you wish for? My name is James, and this is the Dungeons and Flagons podcast. Hello, uh, listeners. Thank you again for joining us for Last Games Night on Earth. We are joined today by Bez from Stuff by Bez, and they are here to talk about their last Games Night on Earth. Hello, Bez. Hello, James. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. No worries. How are you? I am. Wow, that's a big question in this day and age. <laughs> I am coping. I am going to not go into it more than that. It's like for enough. peek behind the curtain, we are recording on 11th of March 2021 where we've gone into a big second lockdown and it's worse than it was 10 months ago. It is definitely worse, isn't it? <laughs> hmm. But, and, yeah. I mean, it fits in perfectly with the theme. And I guess that's <laughs> kind of... I know that you, you presented this concept on Twitter and I was immediately drawn to it. So I was thinking, well, what is, what's this scenario? And what I've got in my mind is I am killed for whatever reason. Maybe it is yeah. a plague. Maybe it's a, you know, being hit by, I don't know, an airplane crashing down, whatever. <laughs> and then Death takes me away and says, okay, you are allowed to come back. But as soon as this game night has finished and you get to pick about three games, once this is finished, that's it, you come away. And so I'm dealing with this in a okay, this is the last time that I'm going to see people, and also I want to extend that, which ties into the third game, which people might be able to guess by the time we get into there. If you know one game that's particularly well known for being very long. <laughs> <laughs> it's po- it is the longest board game, isn't it? I mean, yeah, as far as I know, it is the longest game I'm aware of. Or at least it's got the longest runtime on BGG. I think that there are games that can run longer, but it's. um, I don't want something like, you know, Monopoly or something. Someone actually. I started talking about it on my own show this morning, and someone said, hey, what's about Monopoly? And look, Monopoly can last a while. Like, you've got something like Risk, but I don't want player elimination. I want something where everyone's involved and, you know, yeah, DMAC, her, yeah, it lost five hours. No, that's nowhere near good enough. I want to be playing for days or weeks or months. <laughs> so effectively, you're, you're, try- you're trying to use a board game to cheat death. <laughs> um, just for a limited period of time. I was very tempted <laughs> to invent a whole new game, just to invent a whole new game, but then I thought, okay, that's going too far against the spirits of the rules. I, thought, <laughs> I considered having, like, Okay, I know for a previous guest you said, well, it's got to be a one-shot, but what's if it was a really long one-shot? Like you say, okay, our game is that the game ends when you get to level 20 on D&D or something like that. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it feels like... I mean, I don't know. Would you like to keep the surprise until later, or should I just say the game's now? I think you should keep the... Uh, I, think, I think you should keep it secret. <laughs> okay, we'll so... We'll get on to it. But I get what you're saying. It's, we we tend we've started to give people the option of whether or not they want to kind of look at it as um you know their last one before they die or just their dream games night more just because mm. for some people it was a bit depressing and also 
<laughs> for a few people, it was just kind of like, well, if this was literally my last game tonight before I die, I probably, A, wouldn't be playing board games because I know I'm about to die, and B, I would probably just choose to be surrounded by family, which is totally fair. But it doesn't make a great podcast if everyone just says that. <laughs> I mean, look, I am going to be... Oh, when do we get on to guess? Because I definitely see a case for just having the closest members of your family. But if I'm having like last games nights, I want a big celebration. I want like a wedding type thing with hundreds of people. I want a convention style affair, like a mini convention. You're more looking at it as uh, this is my dream games night, but also I die. Yeah, like I've been told <laughs> that, hey, this isn't I die afterwards. This is I've already died. And um, there was this one comic that I saw last night. I can't remember who wrote it. I wish I could give credit. But they said something like, oh, I've put put off this project for five years. And then their friend says, no, it's been 15 years. And they say, what? And they say, well, imagine that you've put it off for 15 years. But now imagine that you've just gone back in time 10 years. How good is that? And now you're able to do all the things. And so it's like, even if you put, you can sort of reclaim the time. It's like, whatever time you've got, at least you've got the time that we've got, like the whole Memento Mori thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so let's get on to the first game, I guess. Before we do that, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, Bez? Oh, yes, I probably (laughs) should. Um, So, yeah, my name is Bez. I make stuff, as you might have gleaned from my company name. I'm probably best known for In a Bind, now known as Yogi, and making the Eldek, which is a game system full of loads of different games. And I'm actually going to be making new versions of that, which maybe I can talk a wee bit at the end. But I've got the word game system, Kitty Cataclysm, which is um, silly cat puns, and I do a lot of streaming. So... I just really love board games, and I've been incredibly blessed to now be working in this industry basically full-time since I left my last non-gaming job, which was in a supermarket six years ago. Excellent. Six years of working in the board game industry. Mm. Sounds bliss. I I mean, there's definitely a lot of stress. There's definitely a lot of... I bet oh the my rewards gosh. outweigh the stress. The satisfaction is immeasurable. I mean, yeah, literally, how do you even measure satisfaction? How do you measure happiness? I know, like, Dave Gorman tried to do the... Yeah, but you can't really measure these things. But for sure, I hope to be doing this for a long, long time to come. Excellent. Right, so we crack on with your last game's night on Earth, then. Mm. Where, Where would you like to start? Well, let's go with the first game, which... I want to bend the rules and I say, I am going to give a vote to my guests. I'm going to let them choose between these two games. So one of them is Team Tower and the other one is Wits and Wagers. So two you... kind of like party games. I know Wits and Wagers. I don't know Team Tower. So Team Tower, I only saw this at Cannes Festival International de Jeu. It is a dexterity game. It's a game for, I believe, 12 players, although you could play with more or you could play with fewer, but I think 12 is kind of the sweet spot. Everyone's got a bit of rope. It's really super simple. Everyone's got a bit of rope, and all the bits of rope are attached to a craney thing. In the middle, you've got this crane, and you've got to pick up blocks with 
um, holes in them and then put the blocks on top of each other. That's it. That's literally the entire game. But just that negotiation saying, hey, everyone, move a little bit to this side. Okay, everyone, lower your ropes or give it a bit of slack. Okay, let's pick it up. And it's all about communication. It's all about teamwork. And yeah. it's just a fantastic thing. And I think that would be a nice thing to get the party started. Yeah, no, I yeah. When you started describing it, I did. I, I I never knew that was the name of it, but I do know what you're talking about. Although to me, it feels a little bit like not that this is a bad thing, but it feels a little bit too much like one of those you know, like corporate team building exercises. Mm. <laughs> but I, I can see why. But at the I suppose though, at the end of the day, most party games at their core are just cheesy get to know you games, aren't they? That's what I would like. And the other option, which is Wits and Wagers, which is, okay, everyone gives an answer to a question and then people bet on which other person or maybe bet on yourself who gave the closest answer. That's a really lovely game. But mm. I think it's so much better if you house rule it slightly just to say every single guest puts in one question. And right. for that, it's like, okay, you might say... How many pints have I drunk in the past month? Or how something that you actually know the answer to. And then we learn a little bit about the people. The other way to do it is that at Aircon, I gave a big survey of everyone and all the surveys came in anonymously. So I could say, okay, out of everyone, what percentage of people have done something illegal? Which of the two party games do you reckon they would go for? Well... I honestly don't know, and that's why I would put it to a vote. But I think that Team Tower would be the more, okay, this is the thing where a bunch of people are laughing. But if I'm going to be inviting 50 people for a mini convention, then it doesn't really include everyone at once. Whereas Wits and Wagers, it's more something that you can play as groups. So I would mm. put it open to everyone. But if I had to pick just one, I would go for Whitson's wagers with the house rule saying, hey, everyone, please come prepared with a question that reveals a tiny bit about yourself. And that would be a really nice way of us going through everything and just getting to know everyone. I think so, too. Yeah, I agree. Should we go on to guests? Who's, who are you inviting, Bez? I am inviting just everyone. I mean, not literally everyone in the world. I mean, how many billions of people? That would be a bit much. <laughs> but I basically want to, like, I've been, I was up last night, you know, and I was thinking about everyone in my life that maybe I'm not in touch with anymore, like past lovers, past friends that I've not seen for years. Mm. and But all the people that I am comfortable with, because I don't think there's that many people that I said, okay, we're on bad terms and I'm not going to see you again. I honestly can't think of anyone like that. But there's definitely a few celebrities within the gaming world. Like, I actually got to meet Shigeru Miyamoto, which was amazing. Just um, very briefly, they signed my SNES, true story. And mm. I did have to wait in a queue for it. So it's not like I just met Shigeru Miyamoto ra randomly down the cafe. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Peter Molyneux came to the university where I used to study. And then we all went out to the pub. And such a lovely person and just chatting with them is just so fun and then yeah within the past year i've had the privilege to chat to so many people on my own show like 
and meeting people at Essen who there are some people I definitely wouldn't invite. I'm not saying I'm going to invite everyone, but for sure, Friedman Fries and Henning and Shem Phillips and frankly, all the people that you probably wouldn't have heard of, like um, Xate and Alex and Jess and like all my personal friends and Maquettes and Fraser and just everyone. Because I know it's unrealistic to say everyone gets on well with one another, but I am going to invite the people that I think might enjoy the board games. I'm basically going to tell them what we'll be playing, and then I will leave it up to them whether they are able to come or not. And yeah, there might be a little bit of emotional blackmail where I say, yeah, just to <laughs> let you know, I have just come back from the dead for this. So if you don't see me now, you will literally never get to see me ever again. I came and... dead from this. Come and <laughs> play games with me. <laughs> There's going to be a few people where, okay, you don't know anyone else. You get a plus one. Bring your partner, bring your friends. And I don't want to be like, yeah, everyone bring a plus one. But for the most part, yeah, if there's one person that's really super important to you, if you've got multiple partners, well, you don't get, it's already a big party. Maybe, (laughs) maybe not, not. Yeah. I mean, it sounds it doesn't it sounds like you're not uh, you're not having a last games night on Earth. It sounds like you're having a last con on Earth. <laughs> Pretty is this, much. And is, it, is this Bezcon? Um. Well, I heard you talking like a while back with I think Emily, who you were talking about like games nights at the pub and games nights online just aren't the same. And one hundred percent, that's true. Like, I've done, like, Bez and Friends game day, which is really fun, just saying, okay, we are all going to play this one game together. It's like a menu, and everyone's playing the one game together. And that way it feels more like we're together, even though we're clearly not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I am very much about having a big crowd around me. Yes, I like to be the center of attention, I'm not going to lie, but I also (laughs) like fostering social connections. I also like it when it's... Yeah, these two people who previously didn't know each other now have hit it off, and now it's our friends. And, like, in the end, we may just be dust, but the dust we touch is kind of what makes life worth living. No, I get that. And I totally get what you mean about, like, in in big crowds around you. Being in events, being surrounded by a lot of people usually means that I've done something right, so. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... I adore it, whether it's at U- like UK Games Expo back when it actually ran in 2019. I miss that UK was, Games, though. Yeah, same. And that was probably, in a lot of ways, my best convention ever from a business point of view, being there and having everyone at the stand. I had, I want to say, 14 people helping me out that weekend. Wow. And each day there were like maybe four or five people in the morning and four or five people in the evening and then no one did overly long shifts everyone was treated well and every and i went to a big meal at the start and another big meal at the end and each one of those there was maybe like 12 people where it was like okay we're getting this slight not like super fancy but slightly fancy meal where yeah you can buy yourself a couple of drinks if you want but don't go crazy and Having that energy, having everyone walk around and be enjoying the games and the 2 p.m. events when people were coming to 
player games at Hyde made, but then it was like the commentary that someone was giving, got other people were helping it run, and it was just, I've helped put all of this into motion, and it was a massive feeling of pride. But then that's on one side, but I've also got the other side where it's something completely unrelated to anything I did, which goes back to the whole Team Tower thing, or playing um, what Two Rooms and a Boom. And someone suggested that, but my issue with Two Rooms and a Boom is just that it's a bit too short. I think that I, for me, Two Rooms and a Boom, if you're just going to play it once, it doesn't feel truly satisfying. You want to play that a good few times. And I don't know by what rules Def is going to do this, but I'm a, my in my imagination, Def says each of these main games only gets played once. Otherwise, I would be doing like a world championship or a round <laughs> robin of like my favorite game, which would open it up to crazy land. But being just part of yeah that energy and that people, I love going to yeah Notting Hill Carnival and being in a yeah I just. I love being surrounded by people. Yeah. Oh, cool. So after the party game, Bez, what are you what are you pulling out on the table after? What's your second game? Well, the second game is also a party game, but it's a party oh, game no. that yeah, I I am very biased about it. It is I have a semi-final bit bunch of rules. It did officially get played online last year around the first of August. And it says Yogi Stop Guru. So oh, for, your game. Yeah. So <laughs> for those who don't know, um, Inner Binds was the first game that I mass produced, and Yogi is the new version from Jigamic. And that is a game of contortion. So you draw cards and they say things like one finger touching nose, one finger touching ear, two hands touching. Now, I had this crazy idea years ago. And I had this crazy idea where some people are playing something very similar to that. But some other people are playing this completely different game, which is an economic um, stock manipulation game. And everyone who's contorting is like a company, and the number of cards that they've got is the value of their stock. So at any point, you can buy their stock and give them more cards and hope that it raises the stock, or you can pull out of someone and give them more cards trying to mess them up. And the card allocation, so... It's the investors who are giving the cards to the contortionists. And I say contortionists, but you don't really need to be a professional contortionist, just someone who's willing to do bits of physical stuff. And it's a thing that everyone can watch at. And if you are starting off as a contortionist, when you get knocked out, when you let a card fall, or you just say, yeah, this is too hard, you can start the economic parts of the game. And then it's want a mixture of who was contorting the best wins one part of the game and then there's a second winner who's who was investing the best and who was betting on the people to win if you know what i mean and it can become really evil because it's like oh i just pulled out i really want to hammer them with all the terrible difficult things to do and i'm going to make it as impossible as i possibly can but it's never literally impossible it's just humanly it's impossible for you dude but yeah so what what are the sort of stuff that you you have to do um it can get tricky like especially if you include so i'd be adding all the green and orange cards from yogi guru as well so it might be a hand on a knee finger touching 
nose and um, two hands touching, and suddenly you've got to stand there with your knee basically in your face. And then it might be a foot touching knee, and then it's like, okay, now I've got to squat down. And yeah, so it's the it's the collection of the different things that makes it make it difficult. The challenge is in that rather than because obviously, like like you say, like touching your nose is easy, but then having to touch your nose whilst those are holding a card to your neck, for instance, makes it a bit difficult. Exactly. Any one, two, or three are going to be simple, but then once it gets four, five, six, the difficulty multiplies and it just gets exponentially more difficult. Almost. That sounds very cool. This uh, the idea of uh, taking your nice party game and then adding a few rules and making it a completely different game about stocks and business and stuff. Sounds fun. Are the rules for this in in Yogi? No, they are not. the The rules for this are still sadly not public. But you know what? Given everything we've talked about. I am going to put a very early version of the rules onto Board Game Geek. I will do. I will commit to doing that today. So hopefully, by the time that you <laughs> listen to this episode, the moderators there will have accepted it and say, "Yeah, this is fine." But yeah, it's still under. It's a little bit more accessible because it means that if not everyone wants to make a fool of themselves, if not everyone has the energy to be consorting, well, you can have people who are just, you know, doing the investments. But it's like a great big spectator sport, and that feels like it would be a really nice centerpiece to everything. Excellent, cool. So that was uh, that's Yogi Stock Guru. I don't know why I struggled to say that word. Uh, by <laughs> Stuff by Bears. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> awesome. No, I, I, I think that sounds really fun. I'd play it with you. Oh, excellent. Where are we going next? What what else? Uh, what else is going on at your Dream Games Night, Bears? Well, I was trying to think of where it would be, and I loved the notion of having it in a secluded Japanese forest, or having it in an underwater base, or maybe going somewhere warm. But then I thought, you know what, I want to go somewhere that I know. Somewhere where there's a kitchen, somewhere that where there's dorm rooms, where there's many tables, and there's also the possibility of setting up an audio video system. Because hey, that would be pretty good if you've got 50 people in a room and maybe not everyone can see the center stage. It would be good to have a bit of an audio visual system, especially yeah, for wits and teenagers. Well, more to kind of help. Oh, are you everyone... thinking more like? Oh, right, yeah. So, like, um, you know, like when they do it with uh, comedians in like arenas, so the people at the mm-hmm. back see mm-hmm. what's happening on the stage. I get you. Yeah, all right, cool. Exactly, and I'm thinking the youth hostel in Conway. So I've been here a few times before. There's a convention called Bastion. It's a lovely, lovely thing. I've not been there as a publisher. They don't even allow publishers. It's not that kind of convention. It's oh, basically it just a straight up sit down and play kind of thing. Pretty much. It's a you go on Thursday and then you come away on Sunday and you literally have a room, Dave. It's off-season, it's a bit cold, it's a wee bit miserable, but there is a castle wall. (laughs) You can literally go up onto the castle wall and walk along this castle wall. It's crazy, it's amazing. And then there's a beautiful lake and river. Like Conway, it's actually really nice. 
And I know some people like the cold. Some of my friends like the cold. I'm not that way inclined, but hey, at least they're going to be happy. And mm. I know it's good at having 50, 60 people all there at once. And it has the tables there. So I'm just think, being very practical. And shout out to Bastion. If you're UK-based and you want to have a nice annual thing in January, then I would heartily recommend it. That sounds really cool. You're having your last game site on Earth in the same room that that is held? Exactly. I mean, not just the room, the entire building. Just to be clear, it takes over the entire youth hostel. It's just there's no one else in the youth hostel. It only opens up normally in the summer because people don't normally visit Conway that often in in January. And so they're like, yeah, let's do this. It's a thing to cheer ourselves up. I will definitely check Bastion uh, Connell. That sounds really cool. Yeah, definitely do. I will warn people that they have sold out in the past couple of things. So it is getting to the point where it's kind of like the same people going each year. And that is part of the appeal of it. Like when you go on the first day, you might not know anyone. And I was invited by lovely person, Yvonne. Hello, Yvonne, if you're listening. And I went over there and... I knew maybe two people, I want to say, maybe three people, I don't know, less than 10. And then I went away on Sunday, having played a game with pretty much, I I knew everyone by face, if not by yeah. name. I knew everyone, oh, I've played a game with more than half the people here. Because when it's less than 100, I think you can get to know so many people. When it's UK Games Expo, I'm not saying I don't love UK Games Expo, but it's very much more about... Okay, there will be a couple of people that you kind of stick with. Maybe you'll get to know them, but it's very much about the games and that one tiny group. But with Bastion, it's okay, it's everyone. And then there's the cheese table where there's one night. Cheese table? Yeah, like you've got to bring a gift to the cheese table if you want to be invited. You've got to bring your own cheese. But then Mm -hmm. everyone shares the cheese and everyone shares the snacks and maybe a couple of drinks. I think I brought some mead. And. it's just fancy tasting things. And then, like, Yvonne might do, like, a game where everyone's eating the components. And <laughs> then you play games where it just lasts the entire day, like Eclipse or whatever. And it's just such a good vibe. And you learning, some, going back to getting to know people, like Two Rooms and a Boom, something like that, or the art deck, where this is a game that I normally wouldn't get played, but just playing with making marks on a bit of paper and you can play a party game a heavy euro game a war game and a train game all in the same day and then you can still get efficient ships and walk on the castle walls literally that sounds really cool makes me think actually bez do you remember the do you do you remember the first time we met um was it not at your event no it wasn't oh it was a couple of years before that Oh, um, I'm afraid I don't really. I remember your <laughs> events. I remember coming to your events and it was so much fun. And so it... you ran into me at, uh, at UK Games Expo. Literally, you mean? Literally, you were um, you were filming something. <laughs> <laughs> and, you were... and I stepped out into the uh, into the uh, thing and you ac- uh, we accidentally collided. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I just remembered that then. I did not realize that. I'm sorry. I um, 
is much my fault as yours. I'm I'm not just apologising for <laughs> colliding. I'm also apologising for the memory for forgetting. But I'll be honest, like... Bez, it was like a two second meeting. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I think I only just I just remembered it then purely because I remember you um, wearing lots of red. I do make an attempt to make myself noticeable. <laughs> All right, so that sounds awesome. This mystery board game that you're going to uh, end the night on. Well, this what is, is yep. Um, if we can call it tonight. So the first two, <laughs> this is where I expect that everyone will be here and we'll have a great time together. And then there will just be... and. Like that will be maybe sixty of my closest friends, and then it's be like, okay, now ten of us, ten of us who are so inclined, will play campaign for North Africa. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the um, yes, the notoriously long <laughs> campaign game. Um, According to BGG, that, um, it's his fifty days. Jesus, <laughs> it's the one that uh, they talk about on Big Bang Theory, isn't it? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And and that's, I think, if you're playing it non-stop, it lasts 50 days. And I know that um, there's at least a couple of people who would, I could imagine talking into it, especially if I had this otherworldly experience. Yeah, Realist- you could guilt them into the fact that this would be the last <laughs> game that you're going to get to play with me. And Alan Paul from Surprise Terror Games is a wargaming buff. I don't think... I can't imagine Alan Paul having played this, but I could imagine that if I said, hey, this is literally back from death. This is a a once-in-a-lifetime, literally, (laughs) situation. Let's do this. And I could imagine Alan being up for it, and I could imagine some other people who... Hopefully, hopefully, we would get eight other people as well to say, okay, well, we can dedicate a couple of months take a couple of months holiday and just knowing that you're going to pass over the final curtain and i'm imagining that everyone else who wanted to be around you know could still stay in the youth hostel so they would be in the periphery and they could sometimes come and have a wee look at the game and how it's going on obviously we'd have like probably a few tables pushed together because i understand it's like a table hog i was looking on board game geek and someone had put it onto their wall and it took up the entire wall because they'd aligned it vertically. It's just so crazy. I mean, this is a thing where famously they simulate things so that you need to get more water to the Italians because the Italians boiled their pasta with water. Now, (laughs) I don't know how much grounding that has in reality, but it's certainly... It's definitely going to be an experience, and it's all have it's a sense of closure. To be ridiculously detailed, isn't it? Like <laughs> each, each of the units on the on the map is supposed to represent like another number of units that you have to keep uh, you have to keep record of in a <laughs> in a log. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not supposed to be a uh, an easy game to get to the table and learn, is it? <laughs> And honestly, my guest list for the previous bits might have to include like a couple of people who I don't actually know, but I just find on Board Game Geek to bring in for this once in a lifetime experience. And maybe someone who's even, I found someone who's played it before and 
are playing through it again solo, which just boggles my mind. So are saying, I mean, it's to be fair, it says lockdown. It says you know, there's a bit less to do than yeah, normal. Time to do it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but this person is saying, "Oh yeah, I'm doing. I'm playing maybe one." it's once or twice a week and I'm just going to be doing this for the next year. So, yeah. If they love it that much, then hopefully... And I imagine other people still being intrigued to... And it would be a lovely vibe. That's what I'm imagining. Yeah. And I wonder if it's actually a good game or if people just get to the end <laughs> and basically have to say that it's a good game because they've <laughs> sunk so much time into it. They don't want to actually oh. admit that it's not. I heard an interview with Richard Berg where Richard Berg was talking about how it, like, someone said, hey, is it balanced? And Richard Berg was like, you know what, it doesn't really matter because we made <laughs> this to be ridiculous and it was just, um, it's not a simulation. It's, there are still lots of, you always need to have some level of abstraction, obviously. It's just what do you abstract, what do you not abstract? But, yeah, if you actually try to play it, but war games in general, people don't play war games to be strategic and to outthink the other people. I think that normally the reason that people play a war game is for that narrative, to understand the ebb and flow and to put them in touch maybe a little bit with history. And oh, really? yeah, as much as I think that a bit of... Yeah, conflict and violence. I don't. I feel conflicted about it as a theme for board games, but it's just a really simple, nice way to have some narrative in a board in a simple way. You know what I mean? Get you. Yeah, I get you. Uh, yeah. So that's a uh, campaign for North Africa by Richard H. Berg, published by SPI. Hmm. So, what next, Bez? Well. I was thinking about the food, and I love the idea of a potluck. I love... I, I love potluck. Mm-mm. It's like you get a sense of, again, what everyone's good at, and everyone doing different food for different times, and, hey, wow, you do this kind of cake, that's... And it's like a reflection of your personality, do you know what I mean? Yeah, when I do cool. a... Stew, you never know what's going to end up on the table we do mm. potluck for my weekly D D game oh nice during normal times obviously uh and it's it's always good fun what i'm thinking is that yeah we rather than everyone just bringing in food at once because again i'm hoping that whilst we're playing campaign for north africa there can be other people and i think we decided in your pilot episode that death is footing the bill right Def so, definitely footing the bill. So everyone else can just um, get a couple of months off work and Def will cover that. <laughs> and um, We'll put them on furlough. <laughs> and they come in and it's like, okay, you take responsibility for this night. You take responsibility for this night and so forth through the 50-odd nights. And I was also thinking about, okay, the Moroccan restaurant from Essen at, on Sundays, it's become a tradition where myself and the people from Surprise Terror Games and a few close friends, we would go to this Moroccan buffet restaurant. The first course they bring out oh, yeah. is... When we were in Essen, 
oh, we had a terrible time with food. We were trying to find food for ages. And then we ended up going to this burger restaurant. And mm. like, it, like, bear in mind that I work in, I work in the service industry. So I'm willing to give people a bit of slack. Mm-mm. This was the worst service I have ever <laughs> experienced. Bez, I was waiting three hours for a burger. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And every time we asked, they were like, it's coming now. And we were just like, but it's clearly not. Yeah, after an hour, I would probably just be, although it's really, really hard if you are in a big city like that, but I would just cut my losses and I'd go to supermarkets or Subway <laughs> or something. Well, there was, a, there was a massive group of us. I think, I think there was like 20 of us and we were having a good time. So we, we, were, we, weren't, we weren't that bothered. Like, okay. But we were a bit like, I'm getting hungry now. And we've been drinking a lot of beer. (laughs) (laughs) It was more just the fact that they didn't even apologize once. And we were just like, come on, guys. Yeah. From what I understand, American service is generally better than British. And British service is better than German. But I'm not sure how true that is. So please, (laughs) no one send angry letters to me. I think you should all send angry letters. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Um, people don't even have my street's address, and I'm gonna give it them. Thought you'd. I don't think, I don't think even <laughs> I know your street address, best. <laughs> but yeah, this Moroccan restaurant. We go out, and then maybe within twenty, thirty minutes, happily not the three hours, uh, they come and there might be eight, ten of us, and then the first course is loads of little dishes. Each dish, yeah, and is I don't know. It's kind of like, I don't know how to, each dish is like the palm of your hands. tapas, isn't it? Exactly. And then I think the first course is definitely my favorite. And I would say, okay, more of that, do like five times that amount or a lot more of that of that first course. And then the next course, you've got like bits of meat, bits of char-grilled vegetables, which are delicious, creamy sauces and well-cooked rice and peppers and they've even got you know these germanic drinks like fizzy um fizzy banana juice what's up with that oh that sounds horrible is it nice it it is like the banana juice is actually really nice and then fizzy banana juice is kind of like a bit of sparkling water mixed in and it's it's genuinely really nice yes Although, bear in mind, I am all about the weird tastes. I do like a good variety of tastes. And then, yeah, I was also thinking about drinks and, like, you know, in terms of people playing to their strengths. Like, I've got a housemate who's a professional rum server. So their profession is to serve drinks and, like yourself, but specifically rum. They know all about rums. And, you know, you could, hopefully you would be willing to, to be help out with uh, wee bits of the catering and yeah. Metvaba or Metvasa, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. They meet people from Essen, like if they just had one bottle of every single flavour at least, like maybe two bottles or three bottles of every flavour. And when I say every flavour, they go to Essen and they've got maybe, I don't know, I'm not exaggerating here, I'm actually, they've got about 20 different flavours of mead. And wow. I go there, I taste literally all of them, and then I get a little bit tipsy, I'm not going to lie, <laughs> and then I end up buying a whole bunch. 
And each year that I've gone, oh, yeah, I, yeah. like 2019, I might have spent uh, enough for like, I don't know, 10 bottles, something like that, which I think I am still, I've got one and a half bottles left from 2019. And <laughs> thank goodness, because didn't get any refills in 2020 for obvious reasons. Mm. But they would be there doing all the catering and yeah, having like different guest cooks, like uh, each week, like a different guest chef. Because, hey, we are here for 50 days. Let's make this a really nice experience. It's like maybe first week. Okay, now Xate is cooking. Second week, okay. Here, let's fly in this French chef. And third week, um, okay, let's um, fly in this fromagerie from Montpellier in France. Yeah, I'll <laughs> do like French food. I'm not going to lie. And like just getting a selection of different things, but still leaving the door open for people. Because again, we are all together in this youth hostel. There's space for everyone to have their own um, cereals, just for a bit of comfort. And I know that when you have every single meal dictated to you, it gets a bit much. So you'd have at least a couple of nights where it's like, yeah, do what you want. Cook for yourself, have some cheap noodles, or get a takeaway. It's your choice. Don't worry about it. Death's picking up the tab. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Oh, I really like this. Cool. So, is there anything else you'd like to add to make it perfect? I would like there to be a bookshelf, and in alphabetical order for everyone, there's a little notebook, and like a little, and I, I'm not sponsored by them, but I do like their books, like Pink Pig, the sketch pads that they've got, like a 70-page book. And then get one of them for every person with the name on the cover. And these books, the idea being that sometime before you leave, write a little compliment, something nice about all the people that you interacted with before you head off. And Beautiful. this is a thing that I've done on a couple of my previous birthdays. And it's a way for people to get compliments and also remind themselves why they enjoy other people i do try to focus on the positive i'm not going to say that we all have to say yeah yeah life is brilliant life is the best thing ever sometimes life can be a bit rubbish but people are good and we have to focus on the good we can't be we can criticize if the person is open to it with a view to improvement but yeah i would really like to also for myself from a selfish point of view here hey what did what did all my past lovers like about me? What did all my friends like about me? And having this thing at the end of the whole two-month convention extravaganza, mm -hmm. have a bit of time. Maybe I just get sent to oblivion, but whether I'm in heaven or whether I'm in hell, or I think it would be lovely to have this little book to say, hey, here are some nice things that people thought of me. Well, I like it. That's lovely. I'm glad that you're leaning into the fact that this is now a convention and not a games night. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nominally a games night. I mean, Def offered me a games night, but ah. I did kind of rules lawyer it. I'm going to admit. Yeah. I mean, at the point where you're asking, yeah, a good gaming night, play campaign for North Africa. Something <laughs> does not compute. <laughs> right, so just the ABCD game to go abcd bez it's got to be b for bez <laughs> b for bez right you've got yourself a board game question Ooh. are you ready bez 
Okay. Which of these gods is not in the Cyclades base game? Ares, Juno, or Athena? Juno, is Juno a god? I mean, I'm going to assume Juno is a god, but since I'm questioning that, I'm going to go with Juno. Congratulations! <laughs> I think you are the first person to get yeah. one of these questions right. Yes, it's Juno. Juno is uh, Roman, not Greek. There you I'm go. Gonna, I mean, I'm going to edit that if I got it wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well done, Bez. I am very chuffed. If you got that question right, let us know at LGNOE Podcast. Have you got anything you'd like to plug with us, Bez? Well... I mean, obviously, I can be found all over the internet as Stuff by Bez. So that's my website. It's Instagram.com slash Stuff by Bez, Twitter.com slash Stuff by Bez, Twitch.tv slash Stuff by Bez. And on Twitch, I am streaming basically every day at 10 a.m. UK time. And I'm going to do that for the next um, 90 days, although I don't know when this is going to air. So. What I've fallen into doing is I do 100 days and then I'm going to have like a month off. So it's going to be like three months on, one month break kind of thing. And I've got a few games, even while I'm not doing it, every Tuesday, 8 p.m. UK time. If you want to join me, we play a bunch of parlor games. We play some super simple word games. I explain all the rules. So if you are still locked indoors if you're not able to get out and see your friends as much as you'd like. I'm going to be honest. If we if lockdown is lifted, then I might stop doing it. And you know, between the would I rather go down the pub and play games <laughs> or be on the internet? Yes, I would rather do the former. But I've got a few games coming out, um categorical, couple, and possibly strange animal noises. So those are with the L deck that I mentioned before, which is this one game system with two letters on each card. And then there's loads of games you can play with it. But what I kept hearing is that people are getting confused and it's getting, whoa, what's all these games? This is... And so what I'm trying to do going forward is in each box, each box is going to be just focusing on one game. It's going to have a quick start guide for that one game. It's going to take you through it. And it's going to have a beautiful typography all of its own. So categorical, it's all graffiti-based and couple. I've just started talking about it. It's going to be all nature-themed. So they will literally look like trees turned into letters. Excellent. Well, I'll look forward to seeing that, Bez. I'll look forward to showing it to everyone and sharing <laughs> it with the world. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. It has been lots of fun. Well done on the great thought-provoking questions. And yeah, I look forward to hearing all the other episodes. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks again, Bez. See you later. Play the outro. Bye-bye. Bye. As always, thank you so, so much for listening. If you want to get in touch with us about anything at all, find us on social media with at LGNOE podcast or email us at lastgamesnightonearth at outlook.com. If you enjoyed it, please consider telling at least one person. It's the best way to help spread podcasts. 
And if you want to help support Dungeons & Flagons' events in the future and keep the podcast going, check out our Patreon by searching Dungeons & Flagons. I've been James, and this has been Last Games Nights on Earth, a podcast by Dungeons & Flagons. Thank you.